So, hi guys. Um, my mom's gonna listen to this, and she hates it when I say hi guys because it's patriarchal. Okay. So hey, my little water and chestnuts. She's gonna really hate me finishing my Saint Aga. Well, that's fine. She likes. Well, actually, she would criticise you more for calling it Saint Aga instead of Saint Aguer. Okay. Yeah. So well, it's your daughter that's got me saying that. So. All right. Welcome to this currently unnamed podcast. It will have a name by the next one. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be. I've got no ideas. This is like in season one of The L Word. They have that awful intro. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. by season two, it's great. Oh, so with bear all the... with us. My name is Lola. My name is Leon. As you can tell, this is a podcast for lesbians. Oh, yeah. No, anyone... I'm sure the content will weed them out. Yeah, it will. It will separate the weak from the strong. I, I am. I'm a uh, young lesbian. We are both young. Lesbian. <laughs> young queer. Oh, my mum doesn't like that word. Young gay. Yeah, there it is. And lesbian director, writer, mm. filmmaker, fucking. Everything, you know? Yeah, yeah, well... Well, not music producers. No. Wait, wait, wait to hear about that. Yeah, let's get into it. So, but, yeah. Uh, this is... And we're living in London. We're living in central London, actually. Yeah. Uh, and... We are just making this podcast because... We talk a lot of shit and might as well get you guys... Monetize it. Get you lot in it. Sorry, Alex. Y- I said you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't... Mm, doesn't like that. Okay. So hello, uh, my little water chestnuts. How's it going? I, as you know, previously had a podcast with, and still do. This is this isn't a previously. This is a carrying on. Have a podcast with uh, Bonnie Lee, called Cheers to That, mm-hmm. um, which I still love. But as things happen life happens things get in the way and schedules change and that's fine okay i'm here yeah i think when people say that they go to uni and you don't go to uni it means a lot less yeah and then they get towards the end of their year and they stop texting you (laughs) (laughs) and when they do it's something cryptic and insane yeah yeah so bonnie Bonnie's also got like three jobs. This isn't just going to be the Bonnie podcast, but the the Boncast. I did feel like I was cheating a bit when we told her about this. Same. I felt like I was confessing to being, you know, adulterous. Funny thing is, we've started to do this. We've decided to start doing this podcast right at a time in our lives where neither of us have anything to say. Anything. Nothing. I literally but again, have nothing I think to that say. makes us. The perfect person for both of us to do this with because Mm. we can really talk about anything. Yeah, that's true. So we used to start all of the other ones being like, hi and welcome back to the Cheers That podcast with me, Lola Rowling, and me, Bonnie Lee. And then it was like, how do you even start? I don't really know what's like... I don't know the etiquette anymore. Specifically us. Yeah, me neither. Well, no, I do because I was going to say that I did an episode of Cheers to That when Bonnie was... 
busy with probably the same uni work. Mm. Um, and we just talked and talked and talked about TV for an hour, and now I'm disappointed for that episode because I'm like, we didn't even go in far enough. That's so, true. To be honest, this whole podcast could be us talking about The Walking Dead. Like, but... we don't lead with... I certainly don't lead with this. Like, when people ask me how... I feel about things or like what my favorite things are or what my favorite th- I don't lead with the fact that I am pre- maybe like the biggest TV film nerd ever. Yeah, I even feel myself shutting in because you're talking about it because I'm like yeah. that's not something I like define myself by but it is all we do. But it's also like I think the reason I don't let it get out of hand is because I don't want to share it with anyone else because it's mine. <laughs> no, and I don't like I remember, like with The Walking Dead, when everyone used to watch it, they were all on, like, Tumblr, and they all had, like, fan accounts, and they all talked to the other fan accounts. And don't get me wrong, like, I could easily get in a YouTube K-hole yeah. about The Walking or Dead. Or even make one of those accounts. Or make one. But I don't want to talk to anyone else about it. Because I don't want to hear anyone else's opinion about it. Do people actually like other people's opinions? I don't know. Maybe I think, like, some people like other... Because, okay, I will ask for an opinion of someone if I need validation of my own opinion. Yeah, and if that's all you... you If you really don't... But, like, if I'm, if I'm just intrinsically obsessed with something, I don't need anyone else to be. Because then it's also, like, I get a bit jealous. I'm like... No, it's mine. I, I'm, I'm the most obsessed with this. And also because we're both pretty... Um, what's a good word for egotistical? Ooh. Self-assured. <laughs> I'm not really interested about how someone else felt about, you know... Oh, I don't know. I don't care. A plot point. Yeah. See, I don't even want to mention a plot point because I don't want insights. I don't want anyone commenting being like, oh, I felt that way too because I don't care how you felt about it. Yeah. Also, we just finish an episode and we're like, okay, time yeah. for bed. Yeah, absolutely. But if I do see a Walking Dead like cast photo on my explore page i will get into a little k-hole absolutely why are we facing the microphone like i know we've got it's got to hear us but i don't know that feels weird that feels weird yeah so yeah so we're not gonna just talk about the walking dead because i can't imagine anyone wants to hear about that and if they do i don't have any interest in what they'd have to say back so Mm. just put it in a voice note put it in a voice note so I suppose that if you're someone who already has a podcast, what do you feel like you get out of a different podcast? What, me? Yeah. Oh. Um, uh... Thing is, like, obviously we're really close and everyone knows that and everyone's like, wow, that's so close. And mm. um, we know that, but we don't sit around being like, wow, these are the reasons we're really good friends. No. I mean, sometimes we are a bit obsessed, but... It's, I think it's weird to get used to talking with an audience to someone that you're used to talking to really, like, privately. Yeah, I feel like I'm talking like a gay. But I think that's because I present more gay when I'm around other people. Yeah. Because you, like, kind of fit into the context clues. Yeah. So it's easier to talk to people. But that's not what I want to do. I want to, like, be me on this pod to yeah. a certain extent. Well, yeah, you know, leaving something to be desired, of course. Um, The microphone looks like a little cute, like, animal that's like, yeah. Oh my god, you know that TikTok account? And go on, and go on. You know that TikTok account that's the Wally 
the robot and it oh gets angry God, when yeah. you pick it up. That's what it looks like. See, if I posted this on, I don't know if we're making a podcast on Instagram, but everyone's going to be like, no, it doesn't look like a little cute thing that's saying, go on, go on, because we humanise everything. Literally every single thing. If a pebble thing. is like turned a certain way, I'll be like, wow, that's cute. I could literally invent a conversation between two rocks with you. I'm telling you there's a power dynamic between your laundry basket and the pillow puff thing in front of it. A hundred percent. The way that that laundry basket is standing right now in such a, like the intimidation tactics being used. And I have to, I don't talk about this a lot, but I have to like tune it out sometimes because I get distracted by like seeing these like inanimate objects and like their thoughts and feelings and relationships. When you were, do you remember when we were kids and you used to divide the room into pieces of glass? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, I still do this. I don't even know how I begin to explain this, but like if I'm in a room, I will like see, like I will look for the angles. I'll be like, okay, that bed and that like chair two of its edges are like matching and the way I'll check is like in my mind I will send a pane of glass <laughs> towards the ceiling shooting through the room cutting okay. but like maybe once like a year this is crazy once a year I'd go okay Leon what if the pane of glass stopped would then everyone on one side be separate but for the most part I just send it shooting through the room and it's like okay I'll... does it does it go all the way through it doesn't like it, it's there's not now a pane of glass in the room is it just cutting all the way through and down I don't know if it's like like an anxious thing to like get my bearings but to me that's like okay now I know like the angles of the room that's so interesting I don't have anything like that but this was re- I used to at my mum's house all the time and everything was off center so then I'd like try and kick that like puff feet thing she had like in line with the corner of one of the sofas so it would be snug. I don't know. Well, like in reality? Or would yeah, you do like that I, and head? then I'd resend the paint of glass. And... Wow, that's really lame. So that's like something I do all the time, I guess. Okay. And then, yeah, the inanimate objects talking to each other. See, I do, I do a thing. I, if I'm anxious or drunk... I will, or if I'm annoyed or agitated, I will, like, spell out le- spell out the letters of a word without, like, I won't say them. Like, earlier when I was like, have you got your M-A-S-K before we went into the shop? Mask. Yeah. Like, I'll just start spelling shit out. Even sentences. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think, because I definitely have other things. Yeah. You um, definitely do. I notice when I'm on work calls... Like, I, I, I fidget with my fingers quite a lot, but it's mm. always on my weekly team meetings. Okay. Is my, like, right-hand little finger. Yeah. I, like, uh, scrape my thumbnail underneath I've it. I've noticed that. I've noticed that you do that. But if I'm doing anything else, like, I'm doing... like oh, And at school, I used to, on the table, because I used to do piano, yeah. I'd do whole songs... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I used to tap loads. I used to do that with guitar, actually, sometimes. Like, when I used to play ukulele, I used to, like... Like, there was this one song that I knew really well, and if I was if I was bored, actually, I would just pretend I was playing it. Oh, my God, this is one I do, and I don't even realise, okay, if everyone do it with me, try and picture this. So, like, <laughs> get your hands. Like, one's, like, horizontal and the other one's vertical. Okay. And, like, interlock 
at your pinky fingers. Yeah. And then curl round so that the next one's interlocking oh, like backwards. That. No, like this. Yeah. And then like that. Oh, yeah. And then like that. Oh, no, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. This and is I'll like just... a thing, though, isn't it? No, but that's the fun part for me. Um, but funny enough, the things that we have in our flat that have faces, like our Moomin lamp, yeah, our face vars, even your cheese plant Lois, who like very much is a person now. Yeah. I don't do that humanising thing. It has to be something that is just straight up not sentient. I tell you what though, that Moomin lamp is so expressive. Look at the fucking But like it's already that. done the work for me. That's so. true actually. There's, there's not got anything left to, to, to be imagined. Um, so see there's already things that because like I said we, we just kind of you know because we've got a hive mind we don't really <laughs> one we don't really talk about half of the things we don't talk about because we know we both feel the same and, I t- and I, I the other half like... we don't tell each other because well you do this you assume I know exactly let's get into because I know like the first thing is let's get into both of these points but like the first thing is we were we Leon and I lived together have spent pretty much every single day together for the last nine years um and like if huge world events happen like for example the election or you know anything we just don't talk about it together because we already know what the other one thinks and feels about it yeah i do feel like i say things sometimes and you just kind of ignore me i don't ignore you well you just like i i see that's again it's like fishing for validation if like i'm not feeling the most secure like i'll check to see how you feel but then it's like you don't reply because and then i'm like oh yeah well you you think exactly the same well yeah most likely so yeah or like if you didn't you'd say yeah if i thought you didn't feel the same way as me then we might talk about it yeah um like say for example if we happen to be voting for different people in the election not that we ever would because i just vote for you vote for you were gonna vote a certain way and i was like no don't do it like that it won't work and you're like okay and then i just did and then i wrote it in notes for you texted it to you and then you took it into the and i took it into the voting booth because and then i had to pull up the text because i trust you like i just trust that you'll know you're very intelligent and the next thing is that what was the next thing we don't talk about the next thing is that you regularly don't tell me major life events or life like thought processes because you just assume i'm like in there like yeah so let's get into this like i'm my own therapist so i sit often almost like once every three days probably i will sit on the edge of my bed and have a full-blown therapy conversation with myself about how i'm feeling why i do the things i do you know checking in basically and often i'll have big big realizations and revelations about you know what i need to do to help myself going forward and nine times out of ten i just won't even mention them to you because i just assume you already know like i just assume that you're in the room or that you were just there like you just know already yeah which is bad no but i get it because i've also been there for everything yeah that's happened to you we also have very similar thought processes on all of the smaller things that go on. But like I said earlier, like 
I'm not going to have spent hours, like, thinking through something that's happened to you because it just didn't happen to me. Yeah. I might think about it more if you told me. Yeah, like, the other day, I I kind of had this breakthrough with my mental health and I hadn't told Leon for, like, three days and then we ended up just having a chat about it uh, in the evening after a couple of beers and it, it felt really good to talk to you about it, even though I already felt like I had. Like, I, it didn't feel like I was keeping it from you. It just felt like I'd already told you and I'd already heard what you had to say. Do you think we're as close as two people can be? I was just thinking about... Uh, I think, like, closeness is not... Closeness is something that, like, blockages get put in between. And you get closer by, like, getting rid of those blockages. Yeah. And we've gotten rid of a lot of them yeah um what are some examples of blockages i don't know because i haven't had them for so long i think communication i think if you have two people that are self-aware or are trying to be self-aware then if there actually is an issue you can talk about it but if there's an issue because someone's maybe you know projecting I think nine out of ten arguments among people who aren't very good at communicating are because one person's projecting or yeah. they're like the real problem which might be that they feel jealous or they feel inadequate they're like oh I'll make it about this other thing which I don't even care about at all you know, and then you waste time on that argument. I think that all blockages for communication and two people being close or anything blockages of any kind when it comes to human interaction, I think all, if not almost all, are born in fear. And I think that is the root cause of any blocks in communication. Yeah, and that's really scary because if you're the one who's got the fear, yeah, then it's like, oh, right. Yeah, I can't just take this out of you. I've got to, out on you, I've got to sit with my fear. Like, I used to work for this this post-production company in central London. Um, and there was, I mean, you could almost, like, see it when you walked in the office. There was, like, it's like this thick cloud and coverage of fear. And it was fear in people f- to for getting things wrong. It was fear in people for being too bold with the statements they were making it was it was just like clouding the whole place and it made any creativity really 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 hard almost impossible because the people around you are just so so fucking scared of getting something wrong um it's just it was impossible it was just impossible to it was almost unbearable to work there not because any of those people weren't great and amazing and not because it wasn't, you know, it was obviously a fantastic company to work for, but because the blockages in communication were caused by this predominantly heterosexual patriarchal fear. And I think, again, the problem with fear as an instigator for blockages or an issue is that it gets so muddy because we have you know, a fight or flight response to fear. So we instantly shift it onto something else. And that's why especially men and straight men seem so hung up on all of these like ridiculous things. Mm. Like their brains to me don't make any sense, but 
I'm, they are starting to because I'm like, oh, you're actually, you've just got a lot of fear mm. and you're so unself-aware about that that your brain is like, no, it's actually about this. It's actually about this. I'll pick you up on this. I'll bully you because of this. I'll belittle you because of this. Mm. It's actually just my fear. But that's down through like so many corridors and that's a really easy trap. Yeah. Because you want to feel, you really want your negative emotions, especially ones that are quite toxic, to feel justified. Yeah. So to realise, I mean, I have a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, and that does impact me a lot. But I try to be very self-aware about it and kind of keep it as like the, you know, like hold it up as like a hold it up to every situation and go is this why you're feeling like this mm. because it probably is and you didn't care about that thing that you're suddenly I think it's usually with jealousy mm. or with feeling inadequate you then attack the other person yeah absolutely um yeah like if you're jealous of I've been jealous recently about something in particular and and it's made me lash out internally never externally but internally towards the person i'm jealous of it's made me like have a really bad negative opinion of them and i'm like she's probably lovely but in my head i'm like you fuck you you know yeah yeah it's weird because we're not just friends but we're not in a relate i guess like the, the world and the straight world has kind of like ruined the word relationship yeah. which I quite like as a word because it's pretty broad but it doesn't feel as broad anymore we kind of like brother and sister right I mean I don't think so because I don't think brothers and sisters work at trying to get along we're like really evolved brothers and sisters yeah yeah and we do have issues but I think that we just deal with them behind closed doors yeah I just wouldn't I just would never like publicize our conflict but it's so funny because when you're actually in a relationship like a sexual romantic relationship it's so like more normalized to have to admit to having issues because almost like it's it's not as scary if you're in a relationship a romantic one with someone to have an argument or have a deep-rooted issue with one another that you need to work out over time because that's what people expect of you Mm. but I also think people think often think there's no stakes in friendships so it's like you know the thing is is that people always like move in with their friends and then fall out and move out and stop being friends because there's no state there was never an agreement there was never an asking out of friendship but maybe if they stayed and worked at it, obviously there was something there keeping mm. a connection in the first place. That if people treated all connections that meant something to them, like a relationship, like, okay, I want to try and keep this. Yeah. I think. I think relationships of any kind take a lot of work. And it's not a romantic thing to say. It's not a sexy thing to say at all. No. But I think they really do take a hell of a lot of work. And time as well. Like, we, we, you and I, if we have an argument or a disagreement about something, often we'll just sit in a room with each other for three hours and get and, like, dig all the yeah. shit out of the way and all of the bullshit 
like reasons that we say we're arguing or whatever all of that's just well yeah bullshit. there's always a moment when the light comes in and it's usually me when i'm like take <laughs> a step back and i'm like i mean basically i'm the person who gets jealous or inadequate and then spends like three hours making about something else and then the light comes in and i come into your room and i'm like i feel like i have definitely have the capacity to do that too but yeah and it's like okay should we talk about what this is really about and then we do and I usually feel closer or I just feel like we've gotten like another like scout badge of like well done yeah and and to me and to us like making this really work is so important because there can't be fear and blockages when we are really in the thick of working together yeah that has to go. Absolutely, yeah. And I remember, because... So we're filmmakers, writers and directors, uh, for anyone who's found this podcast. Oh yeah, that's... I didn't even think of that. Yeah. We yeah. are... We've labelled this podcast as comedy. Which was a <laughs> tricky decision, right? Because yeah. we're not that funny, but, like, it's Everything not an arts podcast, you know? Wrong. It's not a tech podcast. Yeah, so we're filmmakers, we're directors and writers, and we're working on a whole myriad of projects, including one that's coming up End of this year. Well, yeah, we'll start filming in a couple of months. Yeah, we've had a lot of different mediums. At one point, we were going to be music producers. So we enrolled in music college for five and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's from Brighton, you you know where we enrolled. Um, oh no, because there's BIM and Northbrook. So BIM, we, we enrolled, we enrolled in BIM at BIM for five and a half hours. And we, I just, again, like, why did you think you wanted to be a music producer? That's such a great <laughs> question. Um, because I knew what I actually wanted to do was a lot scarier and less reliable financially than being a music producer because I think you know anyone can call themselves a filmmaker you know if you've got an iPhone you're a filmmaker but like to actually learn the craft of producing music is is a much smaller field and therefore a lot more stable financially and I was very very scared to say out loud you know I'm gonna be one of the greatest directors of my generation I never said that yeah I I couldn't even think that wasn't even on the map and I've had a really hard journey with music in general because I think that I really wanted to really love it and want to do it I'm because to me music feels almost like a self-destructive kind of egotistical for me uh, form of expression okay i can make it all about me i can really like bear my soul onto a project Mm. and i really wanted to love producing but i just find it so boring yeah it's so boring and i don't like video editing like it's but i find it comes very easily to me and i was listening to phineas and claudia's podcast who are youtubers (laughs) he's not a youtuber i feel like you don't need to say that (laughs) i feel like you're fine and he was like oh 
like I look at you to Claudia like I look at you editing and I feel the same way about music production like I can do the nitty-gritty boring stuff for hours mm. and I just couldn't and I still can't and I do in I, I enjoy like coming up with a little idea but I can't and I don't want to know yeah how to but that was like what I wanted to do and I was like this is it this is the way we're gonna you know make it happen Mm. again probably the same because it was scarier that I've always been a really good writer and I really like writing yeah I tell you what as well another reason I wanted to do music production is because I knew that my my mum predominantly wouldn't really know what that meant and I this wasn't like a thought process for me this was me feeling like I couldn't say to her like I'd just done obviously I'd just done a performing arts A level so that for me was like as far as I could push yeah uh not that she's very strict I just felt it just felt like I shouldn't say that like I I shouldn't say oh this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go to drama school or I'm gonna go and make films or whatever and that if I said to her oh, I'm going to go to college for music production, learn how to be a music producer, then that would be, you know, something she could swallow because she probably wouldn't really 100% know what that meant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think, you know, my dad's a musician. Yeah. I probably had a part in it. But my my parents went to drama school and my my mum did, was an actor for 25 years years or whatever so I wasn't I didn't I thought well I'm not allowed to say that (laughs) you know are you allowed to no you're not allowed to say that out loud because the last person on earth who's going to let you be an actor is an actor so (laughs) so especially one who isn't doing it anymore yeah exactly so um so no you're you're not allowed to say that out loud and I also always had this notion like because I we both sort of think a lot about scenarios in our careers when I wanted to be a music producer I'd have these scenarios I'd make up in my head that like I would get musicians that I was producing for in my studio and be like you know it would it would only be people I was really knew their music and I'd be like this is what I love about your stuff or this was your really good era let's Mm. do something like that when that's not how it works at all Mm. they don't come in and the producer isn't like right this is hi Ariana Grande this is what we're doing today (laughs) like and you have to go through and if you ever get there like there are some people who do that but you have to go through a lot of years of like sitting in a studio for hours with someone tweaking things for them when they don't know what they're talking about and you kind of do. And so to, to have thought, not only do I not enjoy this, but also as an avenue for getting to a point where I'm creatively controlling something. And I also don't have the stamina to be like a pop star. I've got to ask, like, you know when we were, we were going around to have a look at the different music colleges that we could have gone to and we went down... I remember we went to Northbrook and we went down into the like actual studios and um, and I th- I remember feeling like I remember having this thought in the back of my head thinking you know this isn't right I should not be here this isn't right this isn't right why are you doing this this isn't right and I just ignored it because I was too scared to admit what I actually wanted to do um, and then obviously 
mustered up the courage to be like, actually, I have to pay my rent and I've got a full-time job and I can't do this. Yeah. What, like, what was, was there that feeling in you of like, this isn't right? I don't really think I'd grown up yet. And I think that I really, really wanted to do it because I also had, I've always kind of, built the skeleton of creative ideas Mm. without really filling in the gaps because I kind of always see the vision and like I've written entire albums and like the music videos and the art and even the song names Mm. and the themes and the arcs but without ever like writing a note or a word and I was working on this project at the time which I continue to like write and think about into um And this was like something, I don't really talk about it, but it was like a big part of my life. And in my brain, it was like an album that never existed, but like it does because it meant a lot to me. Yeah. And it like got me through, I was working as a KP for like six months and it just completely, just the worst job in the world. I'm amazed that you, that you did that. But every day, like I had just a few months before discovered like... Um, like Charlie XCX and like hyper pop music mm. and like I'd lost loads of weight and I was like actually wearing clothes I wanted to wear and so I was like writing this album that I wanted to completely produce and make on my own mm. that was just kind of about like I don't know coming into myself you know as me Um, and I'd like work on this in my head and I'd like replay Charlie XCX songs at this job so I think it helped me hold on to like a feeling yeah but that's kind of fleeting like what I'm gonna learn how to self-produce for a year at BIM and then make this project and probably it would have ended up being my final piece at BIM and then it's like then what yeah um I don't even know what I was thinking like there I I can edit fine like it's I don't find it difficult but I fucking hate it like especially audio I hate editing especially like if you had any questions you know even music producers don't really know much like they're still they all talk about how they still don't really get how like reverb works you'd also have to trawl through like these forums with these idiot men these men turning music also, like, oh music God, is so important to the both of us. Why ruin it? I can't like, why... tell you the amount of men I saw that day in zip-up hoodies. Like, oh, my God, though, it was tenfold. Like, you're like, supposed to be artists, but it's like, no, because... What is it? It's like being a back-end... It's like making it into binary. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like turning an analogue recording into digital ones and zeros. Yeah. And as someone who's really intelligent, I've always been pushed towards those worlds and I really reject them. And I'm really, I'm really wary to not get enveloped in them because I find it easy. I was rewarded for being clever, like gifted kids are. So like, I feel that like validation of like, I can do this, I can read up on it. But then I'm like, but is that an actual positive feeling? I, it's a hollow excitement. I gotta say, like the the I guess the thing for me was is like I felt that music production was the safest way of 
doing what I loved or expressing myself in some way because you know it's it's techie but like for me I had to turn around and be like you know you're as safe as you decide you are yeah like even if you're entering the scariest profession which we kind of are if you've decided point blank that you're going to be really successful you're going to earn quite a lot of money and you're going to love your job if you make that decision unwaveringly then you're safe yeah and i hadn't decided that music production was what i wanted to do and i hadn't decided i was going to be safe in it and i so i never would have been and that was such a freeing feeling because we went to bim we we had moved out so we moved out a few months after college ended it was such a freeing feeling because we went to this open day and we barely, they hadn't even given us like our passwords to log on to our student like platforms yet and we were like nah we're out of this we had like maybe two meetings within like 20 minutes with the head and he was like you're not going to be able to have a full time job and do this and we were like okay bye and I remember we left and like Bim is fucking like out by uh, it's just in the middle of nowhere and we walked and we waited for this bus and I just felt so free like we'd moved out mm. I wasn't I threw academia to the side I didn't have a job like I was terrified but I was like oh my god this is so good how did that feel I can't remember how that felt actually you remember that guy that really young guy who like ran down the road as we were walking out he was like oh you guys are so great there's other ways you can do it like you're going to be great. Like, there's other ways you can do it. I'll, I'll give you my card. I've got this band. Do you remember that guy? Um, I don't remember how that felt, though, no, getting on the bus or whatever. I imagine it must have felt like... Uh, the Like, the realisation that you can make whatever decision you want because you've moved out. Yeah. And it's similar to, like, the first time you go out after you've moved out. Yeah. And your parents have no idea what you're doing. They don't know what time you're getting home to your house. I tell you what was so weird as well, moving out the first time, is like sleeping in a house without an adult in it. It was. Not that I'd never been home alone, but like it was my mum's flat. So like she was there. I love that feeling. Yeah. And then when we got here, like, you know what, we'll do a London episode another time. (laughs) Yeah, we moved to London seven months ago in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. At the end of the day, I still now and then I log on to Ableton, which I never even... Okay, I have a two and a half grand... I have a two <laughs> and a half grand road keyboard that's gathering dust underneath the bed. And yet I never got the full Ableton package, so I can only ever have eight tracks. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you have like the state-of-the-art like keyboard under yeah. your bed. Like, like the any state like of the session art. video you watch from a band, they've got one. They've and got I one. Never and you've got one. And you've got one. 200 pounds <laughs> for the Ableton. I was thinking I quite like it. Like it could be here. I mean, I love it. It's beautiful. And I really want to learn piano again because I think it's just the most beautiful. Well, we can have know. it in here for a bit if you that want it. Work, Has it got yeah. a nice stand or is it not very nice? I don't think I've got the stand. You've not got a stand? No. Well then, that's the out the window, isn't it? Okay. Um, so I still enjoy it. Everything I make kind of sounds like Mario. 
Um, but that's because <laughs> I don't like to mix and I don't try to mix because okay. to me mixing gets in the way of the fun. Okay, amazing. It's great that you know that about yourself. Um, but and that's why I can't. I that's why I couldn't like end up being like because this is the thing. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm not gonna get into this. <laughs> but like having an obsession, thinking that the proficiency and the the level of how well something is made has anything to do with how good it is as a piece of art to me is the most male thought like Gilmore Girls straight up just has out of focus episodes sometimes yeah. and sometimes the audio just like cuts out now and then I don't care that being said one of my favorite and one of our favorite directors Ryan Murphy the production values yeah, you don't even think about every it. single thing he does are fucking astronomical but still like, and they're gorgeous especially with music production you know you could put something out on private on soundcloud and somehow you'd still get a message from someone being like this isn't panned right so like i couldn't that was what also turned me off mm-hmm. um but maybe one day i'll release some music i write a lot well, of that's songs. a very musical way of saying that Maybe one day. <laughs> I've written a lot of songs. I mean, I, I did actually almost write every single song for that uh, album. Yeah. But by the time I was done, I was didn't really listen to that hyperpop music anymore. I, I didn't really even feel any of the things that I'd written. So I was like, well, it was the album that never was. Mm. I think we all are, though. Yeah. Did someone visit your LinkedIn? No, I have so many email subscriptions. That's so... I didn't realise that you could get notifications for your emails, which, since you fiddled about with my computer today, I've been getting. Which I'm quite happy with, actually, so thank you for that. That's okay. Um, So I think I've said everything I have to say about music production. I... So so funny, I didn't think I had anything to say about music production and I would have never even guessed that we were going to do a podcast no, episode but, primarily. I mean, we were in a ba- like, it was us. Like, we were going to be in a band. It was he- Spoilt Milk and then it was Hempalian. And no, it was, it, was Sam- it was Hempalian. Oh no, it was Hempalian, yeah. And then it was Sam Cortina. And the reason we started talking about this, and I'm going to finally tie it back to everything we were talking about earlier, <laughs> is that my earliest memory... See, London Symphony. My earliest memory of jealousy, not jealousy, of fear getting in the way of us working together Mm. is that you came over and you finally were like, okay, let's make some music together. Mm. And you made, and and you, I opened up one of my files and you're like, oh, I don't like that, try that. And I got really weird about it. And I got really, and I think, and I just got really like, upset but it was just because I couldn't handle you know taking criticism I had no self-belief in it yeah and you're so self-assured that that's and you always have been in your own way way too much praise as a kid that's why so that yeah that really and I just thought I think about that a lot and I think don't let that come up when you're writing because Mm. the there's uh having two voices is nothing but a good thing tell you what as well it's really funny that we've not talked about this <laughs> in in this music production episode Go on. 
the whole reason that I wanted to be a music producer is because little does anyone know this. In fact, I don't think anyone who follows me on Instagram knows this, but I can, I can sing. Yeah. So I, I, and I never sing. Like I sing to you. You were going to be the singer. Yeah. In, but funnily enough, I can't really write songs for, like I usually write, I don't want to say rap because I would have done it. I would have, guys, I wasn't going to rap. I was going to do it in like a, you know, like a hyper pop sort of I'm just a way. fucking horse. Yeah, I'm... exactly. Yeah. But not that over the top. It was good. Some of it was good, but you'll never hear it. Um, but it's yeah, okay if you the whole point of San Cortina was... That's up. fucking cool that if you rapped. I was producing. Fuck them. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? What are they going to do? do? You rap. Rap away, king. Okay. What are they going to do? Maybe I'll rap next episode. Yeah, fuck that. Just do it. But I was going to produce and you were going to sing. And it's so funny that like, you know, what is funny, I guess, is like the equivalent of you being really intelligent and having natural gifts of doing things that you just don't use. (laughs) Is that like, I can, you know, I can really hold a tune. I can really sing and I don't ever (laughs) use it for anything. We got a... We got a studio once together yeah. in which we worked on a rap song. Oh, yeah. You maybe came and produced at mine twice. You have two beats and they're both great. But the funny thing is, is like, I don't even, like, I think I actually can. And then we so it's not even an insecurity thing. talked about singing or songs that had singing involved. I don't think once in our maybe six years of being in a band together did we ever actually, like, give you anything to sing or did you sing? Why, why was that? Because it wasn't fear, it wasn't insecurity, I wasn't scared of doing it. Because I wasn't at the point, oh, I think so, for so long I was trying to learn how to produce, so there wasn't much melody or tune in it yet, and you, I mean I guess we just didn't really want to do it. So I tell, you what, I tell it. you what the fear was actually, was that I thought, I guess in my head I was like, if if I commit to doing this and like, if I'm a singer in this band likelihood is you know I'll probably quite enjoy it and it will be quite good and then that's scary because then it's like oh yeah now I'm doing this you know yeah which is mm, immature but I was immature I was 15 so (laughs) yeah (laughs) well guys I'm I have to say I'm pretty amazed that we managed to squeeze (laughs) so much out of music production because it's funny because despite these things happening to me in my life I don't really think about them very much and again because we don't really talk about things because we're so close (laughs) I think that this podcast is good this has given me confidence that every episode we're gonna come into it and something's gonna come up I gotta say like I think it could be proven that the closer you are with someone, the less you talk. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, we didn't have anything to say about music production, and we just said stuff about it for, like, an hour. Yeah. And I've still got more stuff. Like, there's stuff in fucking how I still dre- I still fantasise about, like, being on stage before I go to sleep. Yeah, like, every night. Every night. Because to me, it's so obviously not going to happen because I'd hate it. Mm. It's like easier to fantasize about that than fantasize about my actual goals because that's scary. See, I fantasize about my actual goals. But when I do fantasize about my actual goals, it comes to me, I'm like, 
yeah, I have been in a really good place today. That makes sense. Whereas if I've been really like depressed or whatever, I like cling to those false yeah. things. I was just thinking about using the word fantasy because like I, I, I think I, once I made the decision, that's a, uh, that's a heavy handed use of the word decision. I stopped describing or thinking of the things I wanted my my career as fantasies and more like I was foreshadowing them. I like that. I always feel weird saying fantasies. I don't want to say daydream because I'm about to go to sleep. But I guess it is just like, yeah, you're just like foreshadowing. Because like if I fantasize about myself bouncing around on stage, that's not a foreshadowing because like, okay, I might do it one time, but it's not going to be... It's not going to be like, that's my job. So that would be a fantasy. Because that's like, oh, I could be like a pop star and that's a fantasy. But it's always very abstract in my head. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I foreshadow like, you know, an interview or a conversation in a trailer, it's so in-depth. Yeah. It's so like, and it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Like I've already written my DT podcast. Oh, a hundred times over. A thousand times. I've... I've written conversations in trailers where it's like my fifth job and I've got like a new director on the team who's not directed anything and I'm like giving them a bit of a pep talk Mm. and we're listening to Tap In by Sweetie in the trailer and she like hears me listening working out in it and she comes over and then we have a chat yeah see these things I love those things because that keeps me going that keeps me bloodthirsty yeah and I'm like god that it's gonna be so good yeah and the, the, the clearer I see it, the more I want it and the harder I fight for it. Yeah. So I think I need to have my, that attitude towards it like it's a like it's a foreshadowing and not a fantasy because it, it pumps the blood into anything I do. Like today when we were sitting outside, so we went to, it was really like torrentially raining and thundering and lightning, um, but we, we'd gone to the supermarket and then it started, you know, it was like a flash flood. And we were outside CSM and we sat down and like we bumped into someone and everyone looked really cool and they were all dressed really well and you and I were both dressed really well and it just pumped me with blood. It was like, I was like, let's go home and record a podcast. Let's fucking go. I love going over to Cold Drops and just, again, being surrounded people who, being surrounded by people who are doing the degrees where you make the creative decisions and you kind of think about the other stuff later. Although I'm sure that sneaks up on them. But, like, people aren't there in zip-up hoodies to, like, know (laughs) how to EQ. Like, they're there to, like, express and be inspired and be really creative. And to go and be around that and then be around my favourite supermarket and then be around Cold Drops, which is just, like, just the best shops in the world. Yeah. It's just, like... And I'll tell you what as well... And get on with it. I tell you what was part of it. We bumped into someone outside uh, CSM today, which is Central St. Martins, for you non-Londoners. Um, and she, she like, I, I went up to her without knowing who it was, and I was like, oh, can I have a... Sorry, Mum, can I have a cigarette? And, um, and she was like, oh, do you live with Leon? Um, and I was like... Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, that's so cool. 
I I used to hang out in your flat all the time. I used to have friends who lived in your flat and it was like bright pink. And I, then I just, I was like, yeah, it's not pink anymore. Like we stripped the walls, we painted the walls. We've done this flat up pretty much the whole way through from head to toe. And say, and like, even though this seems like a little bit like, mm, smug or whatever i'm really proud of what we've made this tiny flat and i think when we don't talk about the things we're proud because we're not proud of them within us because we're us Mm. like we don't amaze ourselves because we see you know but like to say it out loud and be like oh i did do a cool thing yeah (laughs) i didn't tell anyone about it really because we haven't been outside but like (laughs) It's nice to tell people about the things you're proud of and then be like, I did that. Yeah. And it's been a long time. And again, I'm not going to be like, well done, Lola. Like you painted your room or like, (laughs) you're really cool for doing that. I'm going to be like, shut up. Like, yeah. Annoy you. So I guess. But it was, it was really hard and we didn't have any help and yeah, I we did it with really... a knife we did it with a knife but you think we steamed that wallpaper no we did it with a not. knife it took days to strip the walls and then all of the walls by the radiators were screwed so yeah, anyway it was, <laughs> it was just... so screwed and i once had work and i decorated instead of work and then i had to like add an hour to like all of my other work days that week mm. Worth it though, your room looks great. I'm gonna gonna jump in and say that's it for today because you know what? I'm really impressed with how much we have to say. Well done us, yeah. And I'm now confident that any day, any time, something's probably gonna come out of our mouth. Oh yeah, 100%. So we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, You can check out this podcast insert name i'm sure you know what it's called because you've read the title um on right now it'll probably only be on anchor but eventually it will be on spotify apple google if you use any of those weird ones i promise you it'll be on (laughs) um and we haven't decided if we're making a podcast instagram yet we probably won't so you can find me on Instagram at Lola Arling. That's two R's and you can find me at Leon Williams. With four eyes. Four, four L's. L's. Four L's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much for listening. We love you. <laughs> My little water chestnuts. My little guys. Bye. Leon.